In this episode, rapper G.K. Leonidas and I came up with a few sketch ideas. What if there was like a scariest guy in prison pageant? Like sort of like a, the Miss America, but it's whoever's the scariest dude. A, a music video shoot that just goes way out of hand. Like it's way too many things going on and you can't keep track of it. I'd like to perform, but where are the sexy ladies? And then our job is to go out and try to find sexy ladies and see if we can find sexy ladies so that you can record. Which one did we pick? You'll find out on this episode of... It's a Sketch Comedy Podcast Show. Welcome to Sketch Comedy Podcast Show, the one-of-a-kind show where I, Stuart Rice, invite interesting people to have intriguing conversations and then improvise a comedy sketch based on whatever we talked about. Is there anything better than when a song plays at a club and everybody gets on their feet and starts grinding up on each other? Yeah, I didn't think so. If that's your idea of heaven, then this episode is for you. Not that we made any wonderful beats, mind you, but we do talk about how someone's experiences get them there. G.K. Leonidas is an up-and-coming rapper in Atlanta and currently has a big hit in the South, Pressure, which is one of those jams that, you know, get you crunkin'. You'll hear some of that in just a little bit. We talk about what it was like growing up in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is not what you think it is. We also talk a great deal about the experiences that influenced his music, growing up with a father who was a musician, hanging out on the streets of Little Rock, which, and this was a surprise to me, was just like growing up in any inner city of most big cities, and the unfortunate situation that landed him in prison. Usually, the landed in the big house would be used to influence music by talking about the experiences in prison, but GK's experience got him to realize that life was not what he wanted, and instead he focused his life and his lyrics in talking about the good things in life. Eating good food, driving nice cars, sex with beautiful women, and living carefree and passionately doing what you want to do. It's pretty inspirational stuff. And now, my conversation with G.K. Leonidas, present-minded hedonist who is a club rockin' rapper. All right, G.K. What up, what up? Hey, uh, I've got a question for you real quick. Let me hear What makes you interesting? I am who I am. It's a good answer. Yeah. So who are you? Like, t- tell me, tell us who you are. Like, what makes you you? I'm G.K. Leonidas. That's who I am. Yeah. You know, so what makes me me is my father's fire and my mother's egg <laughs> and a collision. And they, they bonded. Thank goodness, because uh, <laughs> we, we needed that. We needed some G.K. in the world, and, and they brought it. They right. brought it. Yeah. So, GK, you are a musician, right? Yeah. How did you How did you get into music? Like, how was that a thing that happened for you? Uh, I really was born into it. You know, my father, he was doing music like in the 60s, 70s. And I just always grew up around music. My, my great, I mean, my grandfather, he was uh, in a popular gospel group. So I'm just musically inclined. My mother was a producer back in the 70s, 60s. So 
just musically inclined. I just grew up and just music second nature to me. Okay, it was a, it was a lot of like gospel. Well, what? Well, my grandfather was gospel. My pops was like uh, soul funk. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I grew up uh, running around the house, and you know, uh, he had all these uh, sequencers and keyboards and drum machines and stuff all hooked up in the middle of a, a two bedroom apartment with seven people in there. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you were you were not told like, hey, get your hands off that. You mess things up. A little bit of that. Yeah, I definitely was like messing things up and getting in trouble for it. Sure, sure. <laughs> but were you encouraged too? Like, hey, this is how this works. Like, no, no. It was like, yo, don't touch this. But we, used to, I used to stand around and watch a lot. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, like, I just it just came second nature to me. But no, definitely the equipment was hands off. Sure, sure. Um, seven people in the apartment. That was that just family, or was that? That was just family. Yeah. Oh wow, big we family. Think, uh, my my brothers, my sister, my mother, my father, a couple cousins. You know, it was that's like, good. Yeah. Tight knit. Yeah, it was tight knit. You know, everybody came together and you know made the best of you know what we had, and you know yeah. happy that we was able to do that. Where where was that at? Where did where did you grow up? Okay, in Southwest Little Rock. Okay, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I so I don't know a ton of rappers that come from Arkansas. Right. I don't know many either. You know, uh, but it's crazy because we have like an indie scene with a lot of people that's respected in the local community and has got a lot of talent. You know, but going mainstream is something that. Only a few have done. What does it take to go mainstream? Like, I mean, obviously it's going to take like, I mean, it takes like that one breakout single or that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it definitely starts with the music, you know, but then it comes with the marketing. You know, a lot of people don't understand marketing, branding, you know, and that's just something that I'm, you know, I'm learning and I'm applying and I'm seeing the benefits. That's good. Um, yeah, you made a real wise decision being on this show. Just oh, just yeah. personal opinion, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm like, hey, <laughs> um, so I all right. So you grew up and it is is Little Rock small. It, it seems like it's. Well, it's funny because like our metro area, you look it up, it's, uh, it's a little over a million with the metro area, Little Rock. Okay, yeah. You know, it's like maybe like 600,000, you know, something like that. All right, so that's substantial, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually, Little Rock is actually city. You know, a lot of people think of Arkansas and think like horses and cows and cowboys and stuff like that. No, Little Rock is a, like a city, it's a concrete jungle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you guys were little kids, did you go play Cowboys and did you go play Cowboys in the street? Cause it was still Arkansas and that was a thing. No, no. <laughs> you know, in the streets where I grew up. Yeah. We played, uh, we played on scooters and bikes and we played basketball. Yeah. We played, uh, kill a man football. You know what that is? No. What's kill a man football? What's that? Kill a man football. It's like every man for himself. You know, you get the ball, 
you run, you go get you a touchdown. Everybody's trying to tap you. <laughs> oh, I remember that game. We called it something different that wouldn't be allowed to be called that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and say it was a it was a game uh, at the time it was smear the queer that's what they used to call that game yeah we can't that's not an okay statement at this point, at this point. showdown boycotting it was before cancel culture you can't go cancel a bunch of seven year olds at that point but I think that's a much better kill the what is it kill the it's called kill a man kill a man that's way better. You can kill a man. You just can't call him anything else. All right. All right. So, um, uh, all right. So you grew up as kind of like a normal childhood. You had a bunch of uh, equipment around you. Uh, take us through that. Like after after being a kid in Little Rock, like where did you go? What did you what'd you end up doing? Well, you know, I, uh, I left high school and tried college. You know, and I went to a city outside of Little Rock. And one thing about Arkansas is there's no city like Little Rock, you know. So it's like, it's like, it's real gangster where I'm from. So it's like, I went to these other places with these ways and I got in a lot of trouble. And I I started a a prison stint. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Okay. So that happened you were in college when that happened, or yeah, like my first semester, I went to college. I was, I was driving back and forth, and I ended up getting pulled over, and they found some drugs. Yeah, they always it, do. It was all yeah, it was bagged up, like it was ready to be sold, you know. So, mm. you know, I ended up, you know, I was uh, actually driving, and I had, uh, I was driving my my friend's car. He was in the car. My brother was in the car, another one of the homies was in the car, and we get pulled over. Uh, I just said it was my ass, I just took responsibility. And a lot of people don't do that. They like say, uh, he's get out the car. Like, it's not my car. I don't know whose it is, you know what I mean? Everybody get the charge. And I don't believe in that. I just I just took my charge. Wow, that's yeah, that's um can't say I would necessarily so easily take that. That's pretty that's pretty noble of you. So it was uh, you were able to get your brother and your other two buddies. You you were able to get them not in trouble. Right. They didn't. No trouble. They had us in an interrogation room. They had them in an interrogation room. They had me in a holding cell. So then when I come out the holding cell, I joined them in the interrogation room, and they were just like laughing and they were just talking, and then. Um, I leaned in and said, hey, guys, remember? And everybody was like, what, what, what? I said, we got the right to remain silent. And then they said, lock them all up. And everybody's face said, oh, no. You should have seen their faces. But they let them go immediately because I took full responsibility for it. What what got you to do that? That was just, a, it was internal? It was just something you were like, yeah. I mean, I, you got what's the right thing to do in this situation? It's a you, good you question. You friends to take a charge that's yours like I don't I don't think that's the right thing to do that's no not, I, I, not, I agree that's, that's, that's a problem. that's an awesome I mean that's a it's just not a decision like how old were you at that time I was uh, 18 18 like what 18 year old thinks that rationally and that selflessly at that moment like I, I don't know if I could have I would have been so freaked out but see, that, that's the thing. See, I, I was raised, 
uh, by my father, by my mother. And I had noble guys in the streets that, you know, that uh, I learned from also. And it was, it was just like, you know, uh, it's the right thing to do. You don't, you don't, you know, put your brains on other people and then, you know, think that you get any respect from that. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that's amazing. I, uh, honestly like that, just you deciding to do that is, I, it's really cool. Like, I think that's really cool. That's a, that's a lesson for other people. That's, it's noble. Even though, yeah, you, maybe you weren't doing the right thing at the time, but like still taking that and just, Hey, you guys, you're free, go, I'll take this. That's pretty great. So at 18, what, what happens to you at 18 when you get pulled over for drugs in I Arkansas? I was, I was, uh, in a popular rap group. I ended up, uh, going to jail and they gave me some type of outrageous bond. So, um, uh, I was in jail for like a week and one of the guys in jail told me that I could request a bond reduction. So I, I requested a bond reduction and they reduced my bond. And then, okay. uh, but people was trying to bail me out already. I had no clue. So like the next day I was out, my father, uh, you know, for them to bail me out at the time would have been a hit to the pockets, you know, so it, I wasn't really looking for them to do that for me. So one of the homies did, you know what I mean? And um, when they did that, uh, we had a show the next day, or well, I believe it was that night. We uh, we had to, I had to go like two hours away and we ended up opening up for uh, T.I. Really? Yeah. So you were part of a you were part of a band back then. You said it was yeah. a popular one. No, obviously. Called, yeah, in Arkansas, it was called uh, A State Hustlers, and then it was like me and my two homies was the foundation, and A State Hustlers was uh, a couple other guys, and they had a label called Black Music, and uh, we was a part of that. So, yeah, everybody where I'm from knew us. Oh I yeah. Had a lot of raps back then. You know what I mean? Can I ask a question? So you end up going to jail. Does that, does it kind of help with your credibility? Does it help with my credibility? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, like the, the whole, like, <laughs> you know, with the, the persona of like a, a rap star or a rapper right. or whatever we'll call rap star, but like it's, it's, uh, what, what, what it, uh, attracts guys like me like young white kids when I was a kid to rap was like, Whoa, that's some completely different. Those guys live a life that I've never lived. I've never been to jail. Uh, at the time I hadn't, but I, you know, I've never been to jail. Like, I don't know what, but to I actually mean, go I, through I, it like that, does that actually help or what? I mean, I, 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 went, I was in jail for like a week or two. That's still a long time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I ended up getting out and, I ended up going to prison on that charge, and I spent two years in prison. Holy crap! Yeah, so uh, credibility. I don't. I don't know about that one. I've never thought about having any credibility because I've been to prison. But I'm pretty sure it's somebody who who may think that's cool, you know. But it's definitely not. It's not. It's not cool. No. Okay. So you did two years in prison. That that was the follow up. So they did you go to trial and they convicted well, I, you? Or? Actually, I actually uh, copped up to a plea. They just offered me probation, and I was just happy that they it was like seven year probation or something. And I just was happy I wasn't going to jail, so I just signed it. And um, 
I just felt like I was invincible. And I just was like bucking the system. And I ended up having my probation revolt. And I ended up getting sentenced to two years in prison. And I actually did the entire two year sentence. Damn. Any, what was that like? I mean, that, that's scary for anybody. I, I tell you this, I tell you this. I remember uh, I was getting transported to the unit and uh, I just didn't know what to think because I was like, I was like 180. Uh, you know, I was pretty cut up, but I was just like, you know, hearing these stories about prison and I'm just like, yo, somebody try me, I'm gonna kill them. That's the only thing I can think of in my mind is like, so my face was reflecting it. So I remember I was in the holding cell and um, it was a bunch of us that just got to this unit and it was like, uh, it was like, it's time to eat. So they opened the cell, we walked to the cafeteria. So when I got to the cafeteria, it was crazy because I saw a lot of people that I went to school with once upon a time. So it was like, they was like, yo, what's up, man? We've been hearing about you, what's up? So it was like, it made me kind of relax a little bit, but I was in the line and I was uh, about to get this food and I, uh, I turned and it's this guy, he's like 16 and he's like super, super cut up, right? And he got a tattoo of an eye on his forehead and his head is shaved bald and his eyebrows are shaved off, right? And he literally looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame, like his face is disfigured and it literally scared shit out of me. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so I, I never forget, I went back to the holding cell and I was thinking I'm gonna kill somebody if they play with me. Like the first time somebody even look at my way, I'm stabbing them. So that, cause I just didn't know what to expect. So I, oh, go, yeah. into this, I go into this, uh, I go into the, the, uh, the, the uh, housing, the barracks that they assigned me to. And when I walk in, I'm just looking crazy. And I scare everybody in the bigs. I scare everyone. They're like, oh my God, we got this young crazy dude coming in here. They're thinking I'm about to terrorize them. So I go what, what do you do? What do you do to make yourself crazy? Like I'm just like, huh. I just okay. like, huh. Like, huh. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, this guy's look crazy. He so looks I'm like he's gonna bite us. I immediately <laughs> go on the sale and break some razors. And I'm trying to like make a knife. And they like, and people like, like, what's up? They come into my city, hey, what's up, where you from? I was, I was like, I'm from Little Rock. But I'm like not being friendly. So they, they start calling people like, yo, yo, you got you somebody from Little Rock. They, you got you somebody. So all these people that's coming, and it just so happened that the barracks that I was in had like some older guys in there that had a lot of, um, it was like, uh, they had a lot of clout in prison. So, and they was coming, it was like, what's up, man, what's up? It was asking me different stuff. They knew, uh, like, my family, my mother was a school teacher. She taught some of them people in there, taught some of their kids, stuff like that, so it was crazy. And they were just like, man, calm down, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I need a knife. They're like, yo, you good, like, relax. And I just couldn't relax. But it, it ended up, you know, it ended up, I didn't have to kill anybody. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> you might have been in there a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. Dude, that's a crazy story. Uh, but like, I, what, you're 18, 19 years old. You're going into prison. Well, with, I actually, at this time, yeah. I turned 21. 
Oh, you turned 21. On my 21st birthday, I, they woke me up. Oh, you didn't even get to go to like a bar ahead of time? You didn't get a chance? Well, you know, uh, a lot of these clubs are closed now, but me being a part of that rap room, I was performing at all the clubs in Arkansas at right. that time, yeah, in all the venues. Yeah. Um, okay, so you get out of prison. Um, you get out of prison 23, right? Yeah, 22, 20, 22, 20, 22. Um, what's, what's next for you, man? Like you get out of prison, you're, I, I'm guessing your band moved on or did they wait for you? Yeah, I, I got out of prison. They had an album ready for me. That was like, wow. what we got to do is put your verses on these songs and you know, it's time we're going to put it out. But you know, a lot changed because the unit they sent me to was a uh, was a max unit. It was a, it was like it was the it was considered at the time the second worst unit. So I was around a lot of people that had life and long sentences, and you know when I was in there, I just I grew up and I learned and I just I, my self respect and just how. I, so when I came out of prison, my mindset and who I was it was a, it was kind of hard for a lot of people to accept the growth and the maturity that came along with me. They still viewed me as the same person that I was before I went in. So, you know, I, it didn't work with that with that whole project. I just preferred to, you know, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, first off, it's kind of amazing that they they'd even thought about you. That that's cool for gone for two years, but. Um, yeah, I could see where all that changed you. What's it like talking to somebody? Like, how close do you get with the other inmates? Because someone's, you know, life in prison, like their outlook on the world is way different from someone who's going to be in for two years. What, what What were some of the lessons that you did learn? What were some things that you? Uh, well, one, one of the lessons that I that I really learned is just the value of the things that money cannot buy, like being able to. Just, you know, walk outside whenever you want to. Being able to do whatever you want to do, literally. A lot of people are in that prison mentally. You know, they walk around and they confine their thoughts, their ideas, and their actions to a box that they put themselves and they put their own mind into. In reality, you can literally do whatever you want to do. It's this process. You know, you can put the energy into an idea that can manifest. So that's one of the biggest things I learned is, you know, like um, not to take anything for granted. And, and, and another thing is respect. Because in prison, when you're, when you're around all killers, you know, all these big drug dealers and all these killers and these ex- these people that's extorting people and all these big gang members and you got they got 50, 70 people under them and they like real like mob bosses in prison and it's like it transcends outside. One thing I learned is how to respect another person to a, to the T, to the utmost. With not just with my with my character and my conduct, but with my word choice and you know, so when I get out of prison. You know, my, I had to learn. My little brother was like, it was a struggle with me to reconnect with society because people tend to be so disrespectful, like unconsciously. Like somebody can walk by you and bump you without saying excuse me. Somebody can step on your shoe without saying pardon me. Somebody can call you stupid, like, that's stupid. <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's just disrespect comes in so many different forms every day. 
You know, and it's just like, yo, I'm not accepting that behavior. I'm not accepting that from you. You know, and I had to just like learn how to, you know, separate myself from different types of people, different environments. And I actually definitely had to learn how to adjust because it seems like, you know, I, it seemed like I was more confrontational when I came home. Yeah, I could see that because it's, yeah, because, um, Gosh, I, I'm just, it's making me think about like you're confined to this small space and you have to share everything else, but that one small space is yours. Even people coming into your, to your cell, it was like an, a, it was almost like a violation, like a, a, a space yeah, area. Yeah, that's like, that's something that's not really happening. You know, I have a cellmate, but yeah. you don't have people just coming into the Just space. coming in, okay, okay. <laughs> What was uh, did you have an experience where maybe you didn't show the right type of respect and something that was your lesson? Like, did you get that lesson? Um, yes and no. Okay. Because when you when you say that, okay, so it was a story. um, Okay, so we're out in the field. It's like a it's like a chain gang type thing. It's like one whole squad. Everybody's lined up, chopping their holes at the same time, stepping at the same time. And uh, I remember, uh, I didn't want to do that. Only a certain number of people can be out the line, like on the cleanup crew, making sure everybody stay tight, making sure everybody moving as a unit. I just wasn't finna be in line like this, so I got out the line. And I was like on the like cleaning up, or like cleaning up, you know, stuff they miss type stuff, and like talking with the host while I ride or the guy on the horse. I'm just trying to work my moves because so, I don't want to do this at all. Like I'm trying to work my move, and it was somebody that was, uh, and that's you know, we don't have a lot of time. They call you a short hair, you know. So me being a short hair, and there's people in there that got life. There's people in there that's got 20 years, got to do. 18 years and they've been in there nine years already. It's like these people are the ones that's not in line. So I remember I just got out the line and I was like, I took it. I started doing what they was doing. And in that moment, I was like, yo, I don't want to do this. I'm not doing this. You know, but when I did that, there was some people that felt like, yo, you 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 a short hair. Get in the line. You know what I mean? Like this ain't nah, this you gotta get in the line. And I just didn't go for that. So I stood up to somebody and um, we ended up, uh, we, so uh, when I stood up to him, it was break time, whatever. We go into a different location. I get word, hey, dude said when you get to the barracks, you know, he gonna come at you. I'm like, all right, bet. So when I get the word, I'm the, uh, it's time to go in. You gotta get like shook down, make sure you ain't bringing nothing in. And then, you know, you go in the unit. So when I got shut down, I'm trying to be the first one. So I'm, I'm shut down, I go in the unit, I'm, I'm kind of jogging. I get in there, I take my clothes, like uh, I take my shirt off, I take my shoes off and stuff, and I get ready for a fight. I roll my pants, legs up, and I'm standing at the door like this, right, at my cell door. And everybody coming in, they see me standing there. Like I'm standing at the door, ready. So everybody walking past me, everybody walking past me. Everybody walking past me. So then they see dude. Dude go, he go put some gloves on. He's standing over there and he's just looking, right? So he a part of a big gang. They call they they call the gang meeting. They have him in there. Then the leader of the gang, he comes in my cell. And when he comes in my cell, 
I got some some OGs. It's two OG guys standing in the cell with me, right? All right, so what they they end up trying to talk about it. I explained what was going on. You know, we talked it out, and then um, they end up resolving the issue. But one of, but later on, I found out that they was actually uh, they actually was like planning to come stab me. Holy shit, that's crazy! And based on based on my conversation with them and my understanding and the, and the respect that I was giving them, they didn't do that, and, and the dude didn't want to fight me. That's good. Oh man! And I found to that out like three weeks later, because some of the guys that was in that gang, they was from Little Rock too, and they was just telling me they stood up and they was like, nah. But they said they literally was ready to do that. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely get you to learn respect pretty quick. <laughs> um, all right, so you get out of prison. How is how is all of these experiences? How do they inform like your your music? Like your your music seems more fun than than a lot of other things. Like I, <laughs> it's really fun. I really like them. All of these experiences that you had, like uh, all of that. How does it? How did it have an effect on your music? Because obviously, like when you came out, you you had your group that you were with, and it just didn't seem to. It wasn't well, gelling the way it was. So a lot of people glorify like the bad side of it. You know what I mean? Like the streets. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff is glorified and celebrated, but me actually experiencing this and living this on so many different levels, I literally like want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to like I want to drive nice cars I want to like have sex with beautiful women I want to travel I want to eat great foods I want to be fly I want to be clean and fresh I want to be with uh, positive people you know I want to make power moves I don't want to have beef with anybody I don't want to be shooting and getting shot at I don't want to do any of that you know, I want to have fun. I want to inspire and motivate people and show them that you can really do anything you put your mind to. So think about some of this other stuff. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you have a song. I love the the title of it. Hold on just a second. And I think it was. Hold on. I am a terrible person for not oh it's the one where you're talking about yourself do you know what i'm talking about do you know yeah. what you're saying yeah. Yeah, yeah tell me about that one like what was the inspiration in that one in love with myself right so uh it's just you know self-love you know you gotta you gotta love yourself before you know you, you try to love other things or expect people to love you you gotta love yourself you gotta give it to yourself you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and just love who you are, you know? And, and I, that's what I do, I'm in love with myself, you know what I mean? It's not like an arrogant thing or, you gotta love yourself. Yeah, I- I just like, I said when she told me that she loved me, I believed her, cause I'm in love with myself, you know what I mean? Like I'm a lovable guy, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not hard for, to, for me to believe that she loves me, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you understand. You're like, yeah, if I was not in my body, I'd be all over myself. Yeah, like, why wouldn't she love me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a really good message, and I think, where people need to, need to like, process that. I actually had a, um, 
I was sitting down with someone yesterday and we were talking about exactly that. It's like, you got to take care of yourself because if you don't, how are you going to show love to anybody else? How are you going to do any of that stuff? Mm-hmm. So that's a good message. Um, so you really do kind of focus on like, it's sort of like a hedonist, like you, all the pleasures. That's what you really focus on. Well, just have fun, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear a lot of stuff about killing and bullshit. And I, don't, I just don't want to hear that. No. I don't need my mind that. So like, I make music that I like and I, I want to listen to them. I can listen to the music that I make and I can enjoy listening to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When you uh, when you make a video, do you, how much how involved are you in that video process? Because that's fascinating to me. Like making music videos is hard. I've I've tried to not be involved. Nice. But it's not, it doesn't it doesn't connect well. You know, well I'm hands on. I'm overseeing it and I'm directing it. You know what I mean? And I got the I got the uh, playback monitors and I see the angles that we're actually shooting and filming it. It, it just changes things. Yeah. So I, I would say I'm pretty involved from the from the beginning when we're coming when we're coming up with the treatment, you know, all the way until we get in the angles into the editing process. Yeah, I'm right now fully involved. Yeah, it it's not a small process like that. How long does it take for you to put together a, a, a music video? On a, would would you well, say? Usually, um, I'll try. So if you go to my YouTube channel, I have a video called Aqua. Right. Yeah. That video took us about an hour to shoot, you know? So it's like, if you know what you're doing, you don't have to get 50 different cuts, you know what I mean? You know, we know what we're doing. We like what we're doing. Get us one or two of this one, one or two of this one. Get us some B-roll, get us this, get us this. And it also depends on your locations. Like, that, was, that video was a one-location video, so we didn't have to change clothes or anything. When you're dealing with changes of clothes, et cetera, it could be anywhere from five hours to eight hours. And that's just the filming. Like that's it's filming. The, yeah. the editing is the yeah, other crazy thing. Yeah. yeah, you gotta know how you're doing. That that also comes with your director. When your director knows how he's gonna edit the video, how he's gonna transition into this scene and that scene beforehand, he already knows exactly what type of angles he's gonna shoot it, what's he gonna go into. Then it becomes a breeze with the editing. They just line it up. So okay, we're gonna go into this. Okay, we're gonna go into this. Okay, we're gonna. It's already mapped out. You know what I mean? But when you're just dealing with an amateur, then what they usually do is film a lot. Then they would line all those all the clips up, right? And then they would go in and pick the best clips for each part. And then they would add transitions to each each time that the camera changes. You know what I mean? Add the effects. And that can take pretty long. Yeah. I mean, I do just audio and it takes a very long time. It's surprising how long the editing takes. Uh, and yeah, I'm just looking at one line. I can imagine if you're dealing. All right, last thing. Uh, so you're putting music together. I, what instrumentation? Do you do you play an instrument? I actually have a studio. You want to see my studio? Yeah, I want to see your studio. Yeah, everybody wants to see your studio. Oh, right, here we go. This is a Korg PA 1000. Nice. This is an MPC X. This is a Phantom Roland. You know, and then over here, this is where I sit down and I actually get to work. I have my uh, my MacBook. I have my microphone. And this is where the, the, the sexy ladies cheer me on. <laughs> it's a good spot. I, I'm a little disappointed they're not there for this. Um, 
No, I'm, is that your is that your place? Is that your house? Yeah. Nice. How often do you wake up in the middle of the night and go record something? Often. Yeah. Or wake up bright and early. Yeah. Yeah, I wake up bright and early and go record. That's good stuff. All right, cool. Well, um, good chat. Now we got to record a sketch. Let's do it. So what we failed to mention to GK, both myself and his publicist, was that we were going to record a sketch at the very end of the show. He had no idea. But here's what I will tell you, is if this whole rapping thing doesn't work out, he's got a great career in comedy, in improv comedy. GK, he brought it. Now, let me tell you, he really drove this entire sketch. I'm very excited for you to hear it. Also. He does make music, and he's pretty good at it. GK, where can people find out more about you? Yo, GK Leonidas, L-E-O-N-I-T-I-S. Check me out on YouTube. I got my channel. You see, I got my setup. I'm going to be, you know, uh, in the clouds talking about various topics. Uh, It's going to start in March, you know, uh, on Instagram, GK underscore ASL. If you go to Instagram, you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see everything else. I'm going to pitch everything. I'm going to let everybody know what I'm doing on my stories. I'm going to do reels. I'm going to do posts. I'm going to have my links in my bio. Just GK underscore ASL. If you got Instagram, that's what you do. Okay. Well, if you follow this show on Instagram, you know I don't post very often. But now I have a reason to go on and check out Instagram again because GK is going to be on there. I am very excited about March and seeing where he goes. And now, as I promised, here's a sample of GK's newest track, Pressure, GK. which is just banging in clubs right now. Pull up in it, woo! What the fuck is this? Hop up with them, woo! They can't touch my bitch, heavy honey diamonds. That's pressure, that's pressure, yeah, they're designers. That's pressure, that's pressure. I might spin the block on a Ducati. I might drop the top on a Ferrari. Heavy honey diamonds. That's pressure, that's pressure. All my strange designers. That's pressure, that's pressure. One on one McLaren, my hoes gotta share it. No coffin, we don't cherish. Spending money careless. All my shoes designers, just pressure, just pressure. Flawless with them diamonds, just pressure, just pressure. Spend a whole 24 hours in the trap, bitch. Started at the bottom, at the top, still ain't a gap, dick. Dinosaur bite, all my diamonds just ran, see, fresh off the show and flow the seats, wrapped in plastic. Kill a pussy, set up back home in a casket. Pull up in an RT, that is not a cat, bitch, ugly bitch. That's just a sample. If you want to check out more of GK's stuff, go to YouTube, go to Spotify, Apple Music. All the links are in the show notes. Go check it out. Uh, he's got a couple songs Aqua. Uh, in love with myself, I there is a track for everyone. Let's just put it that way. And now, our sketch. Yo, what's your next idea? In three, two. What the hell are you doing? Stop at the tape and put your hand on your hip, okay? Now, I'm, I, do I need to sub you out with another model? Okay, let's get another model. Let's get, where's my idea guy? 
Oh, hey, GK, GK. Um, um, all right, so here's what I was thinking. I know you're going to use another model. That's great. That's great. But I was thinking that maybe it would look better if she was wearing like a Viking helmet. What do you think about a Viking helmet? Viking helmet? Yeah, Viking helmet. And then she could also be riding a unicycle. Okay, a Viking helmet and a unicycle. Now we need is a clown. I don't know. Why don't you um, go to the circus with that idea and you tell me what they say? Because I want to sit shooting a video for a rap star, okay? Okay, all right. All right, I'll be cut, right back. Cut, cut. Roll the playback. Roll the playback. Let me, let's see this. Uh, give me a second, guy. Okay. What, what's your idea now? What you got now? Okay, so what I was thinking is, you know how, like, rain falls from the sky? What cut, if it was cut, going cut, from the sky? Cut, 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 cut. The sun is shining, okay? So make this fast. Let me hear this. Let me hear this. Run All right. Aardvarks. Lots and lots of aardvarks. And they're CG dancing in the background. Have you ever seen an aardvark dance? I have. I don't even know what an aardvark is. Hang on. Everybody take their places. Three, two, one. Action. Okay, do it just, just like that. Now, what were you saying? Okay, so um, the other thing I was thinking was there's this thing called Ultimate Frisbee. Instead of a Frisbee, they could be playing Ultimate Dog Toss. Cut, cut, cut. What, you got the dogs now? No, I mean, I we can we can train dogs for that, or does anybody... Everybody, take 10, take 10, take 10. Hey, listen, if you're going to come with ideas, let's have some ideas that we can implement to this video shoot, okay? We already have lines, tigers, and bears. Can they wear a, like, a dress? I don't know. It wasn't in their contract. I have to talk to the zoologists and see what they think about that. Because they're males. So we'd have cross-dressing bears? Do I need to bring someone else in? I need some ideas. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. I've got, uh, I've got this really great idea. What about if he just stands still and the camera just like zooms in on him and spins around him a little bit? Mm, that's not a bad idea. But when he zooms in... What is he zooming into? Uh, I don't know, like uh, his clothing or his like watch or his. No, uh, no, that's too cliche. Uh, I think I think he needs to zoom into a pimple on his face, and I think the camera needs to show impact, and I think it needs to show a burst of something coming out of the pimple, and it needs to be like diamonds and gold and jewelry and women. That's why you are the best video director of all time. Thank you so much for joining us for Sketch Comedy Podcast Show. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Make sure to head over to SketchComedyPodcastShow.com. There you can subscribe to the show, head over to YouTube and watch some of the videos and sketches we've done there. Maybe head over to Patreon and become a patron to the show. That would be so much appreciated. Or you can leave a review someplace. Or, if you're feeling really saucy, apply to be on the show. I appreciate every single one of you that listens to the show, and I would love to hear more from you. Now I gotta get this out of the way. 
Sketch Comedy Podcast Show is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means that if you would like to reproduce anything in the show, please contact the show so that I can get you the right material for it. And also, this show is copyright 2022 Stuart Rice. Every day we are given a choice. Can we do the funny thing or the not-so-funny thing? I'm going to urge you to do the funny thing today and create an improvised comedy adventure of your own. Take care. See you next episode.